0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, July 4th. Horses, fire trucks, and local elected officials were on display this morning along 400 East. It was the 4th of July parade, part of the days long Grand County Fair. There's Mayor Joette Langanese. Hey, Molly, <laughs> The mayor and nearly every other person in the parade threw candy to an eager crowd. Kids scrambled to pick up the sweets, and adults did too. Got a serious sweet tooth to get the candy, <laughs> get okay? It. Yeah! yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, here's a giant river boat. Oh, they're throwing water balloons. Awesome. Yes, folks were dousing the crowd with water balloons and water guns from the State Rangers boat. That was very welcome as temperatures started climbing into the high 80s this morning. Uh Of course, a fleet of fire trucks made their grand appearance during the festivities, but perhaps my favorite part of the parade, I see a mini donkey. Okay, this mini donkey is wearing a bucket hat. I can't get a picture, you just gotta imagine. The Grand County Fair culminates this afternoon in a whirlwind of activity at the Old Spanish Trail Arena, including a cornhole tournament, potato sock race, as well as hot dog and pie eating contests. Grand County and Moab City's fireworks show will happen tonight at dark. Fireworks are launched from Lion's Back near Sand Flats. Southern Ute and Ute Mountain Ute children are heading to Halifax, Nova Scotia this summer for the 2023 North American Indigenous Games. With our partners at KSUT and KSJD, Clark Adamitis reports. The North American Indigenous Games are a week-long competition for Native American athletes from over 750 Indigenous nations. Two First Nations men in Canada began pursuing the idea in the 1970s, and the games have been held intermittently since 1990. This year, 16 Southern Ute and Ute Mountain Ute children will compete as a Colorado team, joining competitions in basketball, archery, badminton, and golf. I'm Clark Adamitis. The Mountain West is known for its summer music scene and for its culture of outdoor festivities in general. The remote town of Telluride, Colorado, has long embodied that festival culture, and as KOTO's Gavin McGough reports, a new exhibit takes a deep dive into the town's festival history. Something told me it was over.
1: When I saw you, when I saw you and that girl and y'all was talking. Something deep down,
0: deep down in my soul.
1: soul. The sound of Telluride's history is in part the sound of Edda James. I'd like to thank you for having me at the your Telluride Jazz Festival this year. Thank you. That's the blues legend performing circa 1980 at the Telluride Jazz Fest, piped into the creaky walls of the Weatherford Gallery upstairs at the Telluride Historical Museum, where curator of collections Molly Daniel greets me to take me back in time.
2: This exhibit is about the 50th anniversary of both the Bluegrass Festival, the Film Festival, but it also celebrates as many festivals as we could fit in this space that have contributed to Telluride's culture and community and kind of made it the town that we love today.
1: What does a room full of festival memorabilia look like? Posters, over 50 of them, line the walls, alongside historic photographs, wristbands and entry cards, of course, newspaper clippings, and one enormous Main Street banner running the length of the ceiling and blooming with a funky free-form geometry.
2: And this was made by Naomi Salzman, it's one of these beautiful handmade banners. It's got these really lovely, fun, abstract shapes that are vibrant colors. You walk in and it just feels like the energy of a festival in Telluride, which is why I chose this one.
1: Naomi Salzman was the daughter of Emmanuel, whose name you might recognize as one of the founders of Mushroom Fest. Although Mushroom Festival is certainly storied, the two 50-year-old juggernauts which ground the exhibition are the bluegrass festival and the film fest daniel takes us into the history of the latter
2: um and i think a lot of its history has the sheridan opera house to thank um the couple that bought it the pences um had a good friend jim card who wanted to screen some of his film collection here in telluride and that eventually evolved into the full festival so early on uh, the festival was a lot more about kind of a revival of the classics and showing old archival films and retrospectives, that kind of thing.
1: But Telluride's festival culture goes much deeper than film or bluegrass. Again, here's Daniel.
2: The idea of festivals kind of begins with the 4th of July, um, and you can date uh, Telluride's 4th of July tradition as far back as early 1880s (laughs) Um, and it was a really obviously it's a big deal today it was a much bigger deal back then Uh, the miners would get several days off of work there'd be these big competitions you could win a lot of money
1: for decades that tradition of an enormous fourth of july celebration held strong daniel points out a paper flyer from the mid-20th century listing town events for all ages
2: we've got this program from 1941 that i think is really cool it just shows you these uh, wide variety of events that happened that year. We have everything from band concerts to sack races. We have a cracker eating contest for um, younger kids. There's a nail driving contest for girls and women.
1: An egg race with... Bring your own teaspoon and egg.
2: Absolutely. It just goes on and on.
1: Daniel next draws our attention to another 1800s artifact, a photograph of a dozen or so mustachioed men posing quite formally with a distant view of the bridal veils arising behind them. Each somber figure clutches a brass horn instrument. The photo, it turns out, is of a Telluride band which traveled to the Mountain and Plain Festival in Denver in the 1890s and won the musical competition there three years in a row.
2: And we have this wonderful quote from the newspaper talking about how um, the band basically deserves all the praises. It has done more to advertise the camp of Telluride and make the thousands of people in Denver familiar with the word Telluride. So they were this beloved band at the time. They did great. Kind of shows you how our um, culture of music, our love of music here in Telluride goes all the way back to at least the 1890s.
1: Right. Yes. And the idea of promotion is interesting, like making the name of Telluride known in then
2: Exactly. Yeah, we, we haven't always been known for mining, we've also been known for music as far back as
1: yeah, the 1890s. Having studied and collected so many festival backstories, Daniel has some theories on what has made Telluride the festival capital it is today.
2: For a lot of these festivals, it's been kind of an outside expert in their field. I'm looking at Chamber Music, Mushroom Festival, and Balloon Festival, and this was true for each one, where there was a local person who kind of was interested in having this event, and then they were able to pull in an outside expert who was kind of enthusiastic about doing it, and that's kind of how they were able to happen, is we were able to have all these connections with people in other places beyond Telluride.
1: Once those experts got a taste of the Box Canyon beauty and brought some of their followers along with them, they wanted to return year after year. And the rest, they say, is history. And another thing is, one more thing is, I just don't want to be free. I'm scared to be by myself. This is Gavin McGough. That story was
0: shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, July 4th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.